0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Good morning, everybody.
1: Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and for the next two hours, we're going to be talking about car, car repair issues. My name's Mark Salem. I've been on local radio in Phoenix since 1988, talking about cars. And you probably haven't, can't come up with a question that I haven't had before, but nevertheless, we're going to ask you questions as well, like what's the symptoms, what's going on? Um, Has anybody looked at it yet? Does it spit water out the tailpipe? Is the check engine light on? That's the kind of conversation we have. So if you give us a call, you give us your name, and then just tell us, I've got this kind of car, you're making model, maybe mileage, and here's the symptoms. Okay, that's what's important is the symptoms. Because it doesn't really make any difference what the young three-whiskered kid said at the auto parts store. Because his ability to diagnose the problem from a check engine light is no better than mine, and I'm a master technician, and I've been working on cars since 1973 in a gas station, and I opened my own shop in 1979. So it's really easy to say that you can fix things like that, but really and truly it's more symptomatic. So 602-508-0960. Sitting here next to me is my daughter, Andy. Andy runs our operation, and um, she is in charge her um the biggest problem Andy has is her brother but um in spite of that she's she's in charge of all the men at the shop and so how's that working out for you
2: <laughs> lovely <laughs>
1: <laughs> do, do you have you called anybody up to your office yet
2: oh i mean this week no
1: no oh, uh, from the employee point of point of view
2: yeah nobody okay nobody this week
1: okay all right but every once in a while you call them up yeah okay Or we have a group powwow. Okay. Uh, uh, Oh, so a kumbaya kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Everybody holds hands? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever did that in my office. Your mom said that... Somebody got called upstairs, the door shut, the yelling started. <laughs> yeah.
2: <You're... laughs> it's the old days. Yeah. It's your the... your ways wouldn't work today, but yeah. Sure. Perhaps not. Perhaps <laughs> not. But
1: but but those guys like Ron and, and Eddie who have been with us north of thirty years, mm-hmm. they still remember the old days. Oh yeah. They remember seeing other people walk in employed and walk out unemployed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so but it it's okay. I'm real proud of both you and Alan because because you guys have just taken over the administration and, the, and and handling of the repair shop, and you've broke every record that Mom and I had. Mm-hmm. And we started together in 1979. Yeah. So um, in, in, in every way, shape, or form, new customers, um, uh, profit on labor, profit on parts, and, and you've gone above us but not into what I would call obscene.
3: Yeah. You know,
1: somebody who brags about 80% profit on labor they're not paying their technicians much or their labor rate is sky high so you can kind of feel those numbers out as you go along but anyway let's go to leonard because he's been waiting he called first anybody else would like to call the answer the easy thing to do is 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 no matter what part of the country you're in give us a call leonard good morning how can i help you
4: good morning good morning mark i've got up
1: uh, oh, the 202
4: vehicle Sabre's got 65,000 miles on it, and I'm concerned about the cooling system. It's all rusty. It comes out rusty. So the question is, so can I put a rust inhibitor in there or just don't bother with it? And I have a follow-up question.
1: Okay. Okay. Why don't we just flush the heck out of it right now?
2: Yeah, that's what I would say, too. Just flush it a few times.
1: Yeah. Well, let's just go. Now, we're never going to get all the rust out of the radiator and the heater core. for that's just because it settles to the bottom and it's going to have a red color. But to be perfectly honest with you, the red color doesn't bother me, and I'll tell you why. We're going to use a meter to look at the coolant, and we want it to be 50-50, which gives you protection on the freezing point down to 32. So you can have the rustiest old water-looking stuff in your radiator, but still hit the 32 mark and be fine. So I'm not real sure that I would get too wound up about this. But I would find somebody who's capable of power flushing it, flushing it out, and then putting back in with well, 50 fifty fifty.
4: Just it was, was co- us. Just, co- just a couple years ago, so it's right back now. It's rusted again. Yeah. Well, I maybe just to rust, just to a rust inhibitor in there. Would that help
1: it? Well, the rust inhibitor is no. Well, let me just tell you, we don't use that. We yeah. don't think that okay. there's any benefit to it. I think. I mean, there's right.
2: times where depending on how much they flushed it the first time you're still going to have remnants of rust and things like that it, it doesn't even one flush won't fully take care of it but maybe if you do it on a more consistent basis or the shop does it a couple times you know while
1: it's there um, that will help i remember leonard uh, a long time ago there was a gentleman who insisted that we clean all the rust out of his uh, out of his car and so we sent the radiator sh- Uh, off to the radiator shop and he says without pulling the tank i can't clean the rust out of this and that's going to cost a hundred bucks so then we thought well we'll just inject some high pressure water into the thermostat housing and do our best to wash out the cylinder walls we worked on that thing for probably four five six hours and it still had rust the next day but leonard if your rusty looking coolant had a freeze point of 32 degrees no harm no foul everything is fine it's just got a color yeah. to it. That's all. Yeah. Um, I I would send my grandkids if you wanted to take them to California to Disneyland. I'd send them in your car with you if you want.
4: But but, but this this is a clue for me. So going on time here. So when I just when I just open my car and I just look at the some time and I see nothing. There, so one day all of a sudden I see some rust on the ground. Then I know I got a ra- got a leak in the cooling system. So It's, a, it's y- like y- a. It's like a check on the system, like a cooling system,
1: whether it's got a leak or not. No, well, that's easy, though. How much is a uh, pressure test and, and look for a leak?
2: Oh, $45.
1: Okay, so, so you take it into the shop. They pull the radiator cap off of it. They put a pressure tester on there. The cap holds 18 yes. pounds. They put in 18 pounds. Actually, I cheat. I go 19 pounds. And then we just wait for the leak to occur. And then we follow the leak up to where it's at, and then we bid the repair this could be a hose clamp. This could be a freeze plug. This could be a water pump. This could be an overflow jug that's got a crack in it. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. But, yes, I agree that if you got something on the ground, we need to pressure test it and find out what. We're just going to put an air pump on the system and pump it up, and whatever's leaking is going to leak, and we're going to find it. So okay. the
4: bottom line is, until I see something on the ground that's, that's orange, I just don't bother with Just leave it alone. Yes.
2: yes, exactly. I don't. don't... Make it an issue. It's it's not an issue. Right. So yeah.
4: Okay. I'll follow, a follow on 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 my brakes. My uh, where they where they need to be cut, they. But I've had the, my brakes replaced twice now, but they did not cut the rotor. I didn't want cuts because I want so I'd be able to have another another uh, down the road I'd be able to get another one. So I didn't have them cut, but I see no. No experience in, in, in you know, bumping, rumping, or vibration of all on hard deceleration to run just real smooth on the brakes, so I didn't have them cut. So what do you think about me having them cut again? Because so, the front's got, got 32,000, on the rear's got twenty-nine. It's pretty, pretty, getting pretty close to replacing them. So I uh, would... this time I should have them cut, this time I suppose, Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, typically we always replace the pads and resurface the rotors, cut, resurface the rotors, same thing. But um, they can also measure the rotors to make sure that when they yep, cut them, no they're problem. not leaving them too thin. Well, see, and, and yep, Leonard, that's
1: right. Leonard, on the back of your rotor, yep. but, but here's something I'm hearing. You've already been on your second brake job. You've never had a pulsating brake pedal. You just got through saying there's, it's as smooth as glass. There's None. nothing to fix here, buddy. You, you, your rotors could be 20,000, the thickness of three hairs. They could be three hairs thicker, thinner than brand new ones. But we got a lot of room there. So don't fret over that. The real issue is, is when the pedal begins to pulsate, then we've got a wheel bearing problem or we've got a warped rotor. Yes. And that's all. No, if you don't, don't have that problem, you've got nothing going no, on.
4: That's it. I have no, no problem at all on hard deceleration. No problem at all on braking at all.
1: Nothing at okay. all. Don't feel yeah. you not know, yeah. Throw that rotor issue out of your head. It's, it's not an issue. Oh, but, but they're working. One
4: thing, to, one, thing I, one thing I like about the, again, race with race, even though they don't need them, because it's getting late, is to get the wheel bearings repacked. And that's what I like about that idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you said it was a Buick LeSabre, right? Yes. Okay, it's a front-wheel drive? Yes, 65,000 miles on it. I don't think it has wheel bearings on it. I think they're sealed. But I could be wrong, and oh. I have been wrong before. But oh, I think okay. you've got some sealed. And You can say to them, check to see if I need wheel bearings, and they, they'll they come back and say, no, they're fine, or no, they're sealed. And we replace them when they start making noise, that's all.
4: Or repack them. If, it's re, if it could be done, can we just repack
1: them? No, no, no. If they're sealed bearings, there's no repacking oh, okay. them. You replace the okay. bearing assembly that comes with the bearing inner and outer race. It comes with all the the, the balls or the of the bearing inside, and then there's two pieces of plastic on either side of it that are sealed, and it's filled with its own grease. So that's how you'd have it. Okay. Anyway, all right. All right. thank you, Leonard. That those were great questions. They were a Great way to start off the show. Thank you very much. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open, no matter what part of the country you're at. Uh, it's ten o'clock here in Phoenix, and we're going to go till noon. So for the next two hours, we're going to talk about cars and stuff like that. But let me tell you, if you're in Phoenix, about some shops. Shops that I know the owners, and I'm telling you, you should go there if you live in their geographical area because they're very good, and Action Auto Repair is one of them at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983. His technicians are ASE Master Certified. They get the job done well. And here's what it means when you're ASE Certified. You've passed all the tests um, that talk about a, a particular kind of car, Um, And it could be Buick, it could be Chevrolet, but there's a lot of questions that are very generic. When you pass the test, you have to recertify every two or three years or five years, I think it is, every five years. And so you just recertify, you recertify. When you're a master tech, you've passed all eight automotive tests. So you just didn't do brakes, which is one, or front end, which is one, or um, air conditioning, which is one test. Mm -hmm. You've passed all of them. And when you're a master tech, you've passed all of the tests. And I've been a master tech since 1991. And so actually I got to retire not too long ago and keep my, <laughs> my certification. Anyway, Tom is a great guy. He's up at I-17 in Deer Valley. If you live up there and you don't have a repair shop, may I suggest that you, uh, you go to him. You had a question on um, from one of the uh, social media circles the other day from a lady I thought was interesting. What was your answer? Because I don't know.
2: Oh, she had asked. She said she was interested in a Subaru. And um, she just said that the owner or whoever had told her um, it had a head gasket leak or issue and, or needs a head gasket is what she said. And um, there was a problem with the AC.
1: What, what was your answer?
2: Oh, and she wanted a price (laughs) (laughs) Left that piece of information out. I just wrote her back and I said, I would not recommend purchasing a vehicle, you know, that you've been told it needs a head gasket and AC. I mean, I said, you're, you're facing thousands of dollars in repair. I mean, I, I, without seeing it, I couldn't even give you, you know, an answer, but I know AC systems are thousands of dollars. A head Mm -hmm. gasket repair is thousands typically.
1: How many times have people brought their cars in and say, all I need is a squirt of Freon, and we find out the compressor's locked up. We find out there's metal throughout the system. We find the belt's been burnt off the compressor because it's seized up like an engine with no oil. Yeah. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the head gasket issue, head gaskets to pull the, the four-cylinder Subaru, um, t- to pull the heads off of it, on a 1 to 10 scale of a 5 or a 6. But what happens if they drove it till it quit? And when you take the heads oh, off, yeah. the cylinders are wiped out and the heads, are, the pistons are melted. Oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden we just went from a head gasket replacement from someone who wanted to sell their car. Mm-hmm. We went from a head gasket replacement to a complete re- engine replacement. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then on Subarus, I'm going to say it because you won't. But that's the biggest piece of junk that was ever made in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, okay? That thing was just a big piece of junk from bumper to bumper. There wasn't anybody that loved that car, and if they did, they were liars, but they had a glove box full of bills on them. Those things were just junk. They're better today mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about 19 anything, um, we're talking Fred Flintstone time, okay? <laughs> Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble were the ones that were working on cars back in the 19s, <laughs> and those cars belonged in that kind of era. So six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Mark and Andy, we'll be right back.
5: Anthony was working a dead-end job.
6: I was surviving, but I wasn't getting ahead anymore.
5: A friend told him about my computer career.
6: She's like, I'm already in the program. She's like, you'd be crazy if you don't do it. So I jumped right in and have not regretted it.
5: Anthony did it all online.
6: All you got to do is have an internet connection, and you can do it.
5: Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at mycomputercareer.edu. You need
7: to check out mycomputercareer. If it worked for me, it'll definitely work for you,
5: too. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu.
1: This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot.
6: This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, attorney David Rothschild will interview Yoni Titi as they analyze the geopolitical issues that confront Israel today and in the year to come.
1: That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. It was 100 plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took.
4: I am a United States Marine
5: BFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine Will you? Visit Marines.com Or call 1-800-MARINES The few, the proud, the Marines
0: Wake up and text Text and eat Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus Text and miss your stop
8: Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait Text and be late to work Sorry, I'm late Text and work Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
9: This is NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, and I am proud to support our nation's veterans. Do you know you can get a faster decision on your disability compensation claims by filing an electronic fully developed claim, or e claim, on e benefits? Take it from a guy who lives his life in the fast lane faster is better visit ebenefits.va.gov today to learn more
3: E-claims, online VA claims made simple a message from the Department of Veterans Affairs
1: welcome back everybody 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock Mark Salem here every Saturday talking about car repair my daughter Andy who runs our operation in Tempe she's sitting here with me she's been in the business since how old well how many years 20, 20, 20, plus, twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. What's your employee number? Fifty nine. Okay, where are we at today?
2: Two twenty two. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, with few exceptions, you and Alan have the most senior number because Mom and I have one and two. When we put yeah, the,
2: Eddie, okay. I think is number seven, okay. and um. Andy, I think is thirty six, and Jeff is fifty something. So. Okay. Okay. Or um, yeah.
1: And we're talking about nineteen ninety one. I wrote uh, I along with Steve Witzel, who's who's deceased. We wrote our, our software for our business, and we wrote software around the business. And then, of course, everybody was assigned um, employee numbers after that. So Mark and Ray are one and two, and then the kids and stuff for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever they are. righty. Automatic Transmission Exchange. Phil at Automatic Transmission Exchange has more experience than anybody else in the valley because this is why he's been around since automatics first came out he worked on the very first ones the power glides from the Chevrolet side the old Fords the Chrysler 727s all that kind of stuff he did that he understands the fundamentals many of the new young men today that are working on the new electronically controlled cars don't have a clue about the old ones or Many of them don't have a clue about the fundamentals of what crossed over between making it happen mechanically and then now using a computer to make it happen. So Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington, best place I know. Let's go to the phones. Ken, good morning. How can I help you?
6: Hi. Yes, I've got a 1991 Ranger with the 3.0-liter, 6, and about 108,000 miles on it. Okay. Okay. And my question is about uh, you know, cooling system, cooling system temperatures. It has a uh, aftermarket mechanical temperature gauge in it. Okay. How uh, how does a shop go about checking whether that gauge is accurate? Because I'm concerned about overheating and and frying an engine, just like you were talking about.
1: Okay. Let me ask you a question real quick first. What kind of temperature range are you seeing on your gauge?
6: Okay. So uh, when it first starts up, you know, it it warms up to about 200 or so, and then uh, it looks like the thermostat opens and it drops back down. Then uh, running in town uh, uh, on the city streets, it will stay around 200, 210. Uh, here in our hot temperatures, uh, running on the flat freeway, it will be 220, 230. And then what I'm really concerned about is trying to climb those long hills to Payson. I've been hitting, uh, the 250, and well, I've even gone up where I pulled it over the shoulder of the road and sat
1: for a while. I already know what's wrong with your car. I already know what's wrong with your car, but I'm going to answer your question first. We have temperature guns. You can buy them for like 50 bucks from Harbor Freight, and you just know where your aftermarket gauge is plugged into, and you just gun the sender that screws into the intake manifold of your motor. You just gun it, and you take the temperature of it. That's the temperature the gauge should show. Pretty close. I am not concerned about any of your temperatures between 180 and 220. I'm not. But I'll tell you what's wrong with your car. The radiator's plugged up, (laughs) and and the radiator's plugged up because you said, when I get out on a long road and I start climbing hills, it gets up 250, 260. The radiator, instead of flowing water 100% through the radiator from one tank to the other, a third of your radiator is plugged up. I'm just guessing. I'm going to draw you on the picture.
2: I was going to say, do not go to your shop
1: on Monday yeah, yeah. and
2: tell them to replace the radiator.
1: No, Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, so I'm, I'm drawing a visual because, see, we don't have television. I can't see wave mm-hmm. waving my hands. A third aerator is plugged up. So when you start going 60, 70 miles an hour, that little Ford is really pumping out, out some horsepower. Well, the water goes into the radiator, but because so much of it's plugged up with trash that it goes through too fast and it can't dump its heat off. So as a result of that, then it grows in temperature. So you're going to Payson at 250, 260. T- it needs a radiator, and you ain't gonna flush it. Not not what something that's a nineteen ninety one with a hundred eight thousand miles on. It's not gonna flush, so uh, you, that's an easy diagnosis for us old guys. You said it all. You just saved yourself a hundred bucks by telling us what you've told us, and so um, you can check it. and And another thing you can do is, is whatever the gauge says, just gun the upper radiator hose. Or the thermostat housing? Because the thermostat housing should be doggone close to what your gauge sets.
6: All right, the metal thermostat housing. Yes. Gun that. Yes. Okay. To check my radiator, can I check the the top hose and the bottom hose and see how much difference there
1: is? I'm concerned. I'm not smart enough to know if the rubber... Is going. I was going to tell you to do the hoses, and then I'm thinking to myself, will the rubber give me a better temperature reading than the aluminum housing on the thermostat? And then I thought I better tell him the aluminum thousand. Or you, if the radiator has metal tanks in it, you can gun the upper tank but i'm 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 thinking the best part is is the thermostat is open, water's coming from the uh radiator or from the engine into the radiator, so you gun it right there and that'll give you the mo- the water coming out of the motor the upper housing the upper thermostat housing
6: yeah yeah- right, yeah, right where the hose hooks on to uh-huh
1: yes don't not the hose, but the housing itself okay
6: the housing itself okay all right thank you
1: all right, good luck to you thank you very much. Uh, I think we can start with Dale. Okay. Dale, good morning to you.
9: Good morning, Mark and Andy. How are you this morning?
1: Good. How are you? Um, Good, good.
9: Not bad. So I have a 2015 Nissan Sentra. It was my commuter car. Still is, sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Has about 115,000 miles on it. The air conditioner started working badly. I took it to my shop. They recharged it, checked everything out. As far as they were concerned, everything was fine. Yet, when I'm going down the road, it does, the fan works fine and it blows cold. But when I come up to a stop or an idle, I get no cold air. It just goes, you know, nothing. Um, And they said, as far as they know, everything's fine. Is there any fix to that? or do i just need to take it somewhere else that knows a little bit more about air
1: conditioning I, I, I can i can answer your question what's the difference between you going down the road at 45 50 miles an hour and you sitting at a traffic light
9: yeah oh, i don't uh, you know i'm stopped okay there's no wind blowing into the engine compartment i guess exactly uh, exactly
1: yeah. exactly there's no air crossing over the condenser that sits with the radiator in front of the radiator so that's the difference. So if it's full of Freon and, and, and you come to a stop, all of a sudden, that means we've got an airflow restriction on the condenser, which is probably huge bugs and butterflies. And, you're, again, it's, your car is a 15 with 115,000 miles, so you've been around the world almost four or five times. So I'd be cleaning the radiator. I'd be cleaning the grill. I'd make sure I had it. And I'd also, do you have a belt-driven fan on that center or an electric fan?
6: It's, I believe it's built. Okay.
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> if it's a clutch fan, but. you could be bad. And the clutch fan is supposed to lock up at low RPMs when you come to a stop and suck air across the condenser and the radiator. So you could have a bad fan clutch, but it works doggone good when you're doing 45. So it's not a free-on right. level issue, and it's not a compressor issue. It's an airflow issue.
2: Yeah, and I think that you just need to, if you take it back to the shop, you need to specify that going down the road it seems to be fine and then sitting at a light is when it you experience it because if you just tell them it blows warm that's gonna send him in a different direction than what you've told us
1: she brings up a great okay. idea you got you gotta don't tell her what the guy on the radio said tell her tell him what you've I'm identifying the real
2: what it, you just said is perfect. perfect driving down the road but but even then they'll check the freon level you could it could seem colder as you're driving and that but you know, it, it, it's it's very different than just blowing warm all the time.
1: And stay here, Dale. We'll be right back.
0: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7.
9: What is really going on in the real estate market? This is a question we get almost every day. This is Phil and Josh, hosts of Arizona Real Estate Matters, which airs every Sunday from 2 to 3, right here on 960 The Patriot.
6: This isn't some one-hour real estate infomercial. Arizona Real Estate Matters covers what is happening today in our real estate market. We discuss the
9: current and ever-changing real estate facts and statistics that affect the largest purchase that you'll probably ever make. So for the most up-to-date real estate information affecting the real estate market today, tune in to Arizona Real Estate Matters every Sunday from 2 to 3, right here on 960 The Patriot.
5: I don't want to go blind from diabetes.
3: I don't want to lose a foot or a leg.
5: I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling
7: my diabetes.
10: It's making a huge difference.
7: I'm eating healthy and staying physically
10: active. I'm taking my medicine.
7: If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-438. 5383
10: I'll be honest. The first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash veterans.
0: A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now passersby are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit NationalPolice.org. That's NationalPolice.org.
7: Larry Elder here, inviting you to join Brandon Tatum and me for an exclusive Q&A session immediately following the screening of Uncle Tom 2 and American Odyssey. Brandon and I can't wait to meet you on the 24th, so get your tickets right now at 960thepatriot.com. Brought to you by YRefi. InvestYRefi.com.
4: All about that demon, all they move. Old- Welcome
1: back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. All five lines are available. 602 You got a car question. You're making model, mileage, and give us the symptoms. You're making model, mileage, and give us the symptoms. Mark and Andy Salem at your service. Automotive Dynamics is one of Sun City's largest and most trusted shops for f- complete automotive services. Chuck Knight, and I've known Chuck since the late 70s. Chuck has owned and operated this facility since 1982. He He knows how to handle technicians and staff. He knows how to have them take care of the customers and keep the customers' needs in front of everybody else's needs. Otherwise, he's going to make sure his technicians and his shop people don't sell stuff to butter their own bread. They're going to sell stuff you need. That's it. So Autodynamics, north side of Grand, which west of 99th Avenue, good guy, and the only one, unfortunately, the only one that I can uh, can suggest to you if you live in that geographical area. Okay, you had something you wanted to talk about.
2: Um. The radiator. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is, if he goes to the shop, obviously make sure he tells him exactly that. Under load uphill is when it's getting warm. Um, but those thermal, the cool tool that we have, that thermal imager, is a good is a good one. If a shop, the shop near him has one, you can see. Describe
1: it for everybody else. It's
2: just it almost looks like um, te- I mean a, a temperature radar gun. a radar gun. Yeah, yeah, a temperature gun, that kind of a thing, and it will just show. Um, you know, do a thermal image, you can kind of do it across anything on the car.
1: So when you look at the radiator mm-hmm. and when you look at the condenser, it'll tell you where the hot spots are mm-hmm. and where the cold spots are. Yeah. And on a radiator, you can thermal in- image the radiator and you can see, you want everything to be even. And mm-hmm. and if the hot water's coming in on the top, then the top third is a little warmer than the middle third that's a little cooler. And then the bottom third is the coolest. Mm-hmm. So vert and then on the condenser, it's the same way. We're looking for different heat zones that have no explanation. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty sophisticated. Those machines are in the thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. and it's But it's a new technology that we understand and how it helps us diagnose things faster. Mm-hmm. There's other people out there that have them. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Alan, Alan um, and I hope I pronounced that right, how can I help you today?
8: Well, I have a 07 PT Cruiser, and um, the battery light came on. And it was driven until the battery went dead, and then it was parked for a couple of years. We put a battery in it, and um, somehow it ended up at a um, at a oil change or what used to be an oil change place. And they, I guess a, a new people had taken over it, and um, they put cables on it, battery cables, and it started after it left there. It started a few times after that, and then the fan would stay on. After we shut it off, I took the battery cable off, wouldn't start after that. We took it to a mechanic that works on old cars and stuff. And, um, he said he reset some kind of computer, but he couldn't really fix the electrical problem or something. And so we brought it home and, and now it, when I put the battery cable on it, it, it the alarm is honking.
3: And, uh,
8: so I'm looking for a place to take it and give us a diagnosis, whether it's worth fixing or,
1: you know. Andy bid this what's the electrical systems test gonna cost?
2: Well I would say probably forty five to a hundred and fifty, depending on if there's a draw or something else if we going have to chase on. Down. Yeah, chase something down. Um, what part Definitely of town are draw. you in? Yeah. What uh, part South,
8: of t- s- s- South Phoenix. Um
1: Where is South Phoenix East or west of Central?
8: Right at, right on Central and right at the entrance to the park. I live right
1: there on Thunderbird Trail. Oh, gosh, I we don't have anybody down there. Um
8: where's Dave's Tempe ins- is pretty close. I was thinking
1: Dempe- that you know Tempe Larry Harker's. Um yeah. Harker's is thirty eighth Avenue in Indian, Indian School. School. He's way north. Okay. He's way north. I don't have anybody in Central Phoenix. The a twenty fifth street auto yeah. would be twenty fifth street in Indian School. Um they could handle this with no problem. What you're looking for is an electrical systems analysis from a gray haired yeah. person who's done yeah. this before. And 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 let me let me just run through that real quick for you. You ready? Okay. All right, okay. yeah. A Mark said I was going to pull both cables and charge the battery until it's at 14 volts, okay? Right. Uh, no, 13 yeah. volts. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I'm 13 ahead of myself. Five or 13. Least, yeah. No, 13. Yeah. Okay, That's 13. one volt over. And then I'm going to put the cables back on it. But before I put the negative on I'm going to put an amp meter in there to see if there's any draw before I even touch the negative cable to the to the, to the negative terminal. No amp drop. I put them together. Then I start, and then I check the battery again, and I still got 13 volts in it, or I got, still got 12, 12, 6, 12, 8, whatever. Then I start it up, and I better see it grow one volt. So if it's 12, 6, it should go to 13, 6. I rev the motor up, and all the electric electrical stuff is off, and I want to see 13, 5, somewhere around there. I want it to hold. I want the light to be off. And then I have an inductive amp probe around all the positive or all the negatives. And I go, oh, 15 amps, baby, baby. That's good. Then I'm going to sit there and wait until the cooling fan comes on. And if the cooling fan comes on, I want to see it come on. I look at my temperature gun. I check the temperature gun. It's coming on at 240. It go- drops it down to 200. It goes off. Boom, we're done. So that's how it all works. But that was what Andy just talked about. It could be $150. But yeah, the electrical yeah, I mean, systems analysis yeah. at the very beginning is going to be somewhere give or take fifty bucks.
8: Yeah, well, that's what we need. We need to know whether or not it's, you know they already spent a bunch of money on it to actually put new cables on. They just put these conventional cables, and those cables go all down and around very hot places. And I know they were they were different than I mean, the factory cables are not just.
1: Well, okay. Another thing too is is when we do cables, we have to take the cable and the negative cable goes to the frame or to the motor, but we have to have a jumper cable from the motor to the frame. So we have to ground both the motor and the frame on the negative side. On the positive side, we're going to go straight to the starter solenoid, and then from there we're going to hopscotch to the fuse box and places. So there's three or four parts of the car that need grounds, and three or four parts of the car that need power, and we have to make sure all of that. The other day a car came in, and I know I'm j- I'm, this is a soft break. Uh, well, a car came in not too long ago, and there was this dangling wire, well, it was the one that fed the dashboard and the and the fuse panel, and so yeah. it had just it had corroded off. So all we did is and put it back on, and we're done. So Twenty Fifth Street Auto, yeah. tell Billy, tell Billy, Mark Salem, Andy Salem said there's not a prayer in hell he can fix this car, but we sent you there anyway. <laughs> 20, 25th
8: Street in Indian School.
1: Yeah, it's called Twenty Fifth Street Auto. Mm-hmm. Yes, Twenty Fifth in Indian School. Okie okay, doke. Okie
8: doke. Thank
5: you much.
1: Okay, you betcha. We'll be back right after this.
5: Are your retirement funds safe from inflation or even recession? If your accounts drop in value, they lose money, and it could take 10 or more years to make up the losses if the market eventually turns around. Can you afford that? Sebastian Gorka here encouraging you to consider the stability of physical gold from Midas Gold Group. Gold traditionally holds its value when paper money systems fail. The stock market is falling, interest rates are rising, and inflation continues to hit highs. All traditional investments are losing money, but through thousands of years, gold has held its own. I recommend calling Midas Gold Group today to diversify your investments with physical gold and precious metals with the only gold company I recommend. Safeguard your wealth. Go to MidasGoldGroup.com, then call 855322 gold. That's 855322 gold. 855322 gold. It's gold. you can hold.
3: After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project, I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves, it's it's their whole family, it brings it all together. We have scars that we carry, and just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. Right now, I'm the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness.
7: You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. Visit WoundedWarriorProject.org slash not alone.
0: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop.
8: Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Text and be late to work. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
2: I will be right by your side. Women can have it all, including heart attacks. But symptoms
3: like jaw pain, nausea, unusual fatigue, dizziness, and backache are often different and more subtle than for a man. The fact is, heart disease is the number one killer of women. Know the signs. Learn more at GetHeartChecked.org from Women's Heart Alliance in partnership with Women Heart.
0: Most Friday nights, Welcome back,
1: everybody. Let me write down my break there, 2953. I forgot to do that, but it's okay. I'll make it up later. Um, 602-508-0960, 960 My daughter, Andy, who runs our operation in Tempe. Myself, I'm an ASC master, been around a long time. But we're going to take Dave first because he's been waiting. Dave, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Okay. I
6: have a quick question. I have a 2008 Mustang uh, GT, and I had... And on the air conditioner, it had defaulted to defrost. So I got in to change the um, the motor in there, which I did. But to do that, I had to put my head right next to the passenger airbag. So I didn't want to do that with the battery disconnected. disconnected the battery, went in the house, came back a couple hours later, pulled the fuse. And then I pulled the connector to the airbag, did everything I needed to do, put it all back together, connecting the battery last. But I've got it, it's flashing a code 23 at I me mean, on the airbag light, and the airbag light stays on. I'm really kind of reluctant to run down to the dealer because I'm afraid they're just going to tell me, oh, it just needs a new airbag and leave it at that. Do you have any ideas on something like that?
1: Well, I don't think I've ever. I, I mean, when, the, when you turn the key on, the computer is going to look at all the different airbags, and it's going to shoot a signal through wire number one, and it wants to see a, a return on, on wire number two. So it wants to see right. this closed circuit. So sometime or another, it's, it's not seeing that. Um, what I would do if I were you is, is I'd take the, uh, both battery cables off. Take okay. both battery cables off and touch them together. They're well, not connected okay. to the battery. We're going to discharge all the capacitors, and we're going to eliminate anything that's in memory. All right. Touch the battery cables together. Easiest thing to do is, you know, have a little jumper wire and just go from the metal part of the negative to the metal part of the positive. Do not touch the battery cables, the terminals together. You understand the difference, right?
6: Jump the two,
1: the cables. two uh, cables, and they're off. They're off the battery. The two cables are then right. removed from the battery, and we're going to touch the two metal portions of the cables to one another. Got it. And and that discharges everything. The easiest thing to do okay. is go get a little jumper. Lead. It's, it's
2: kind of like a hard reset.
1: Yeah, it, 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 that's <laughs> another word for it. And so and it's a Ford, so we're going to start there anyway. But I, and I'm teasing you, of course. But um, that's oh, your. Yeah, that's that's that should take care of it touch the two metal portions of the cables together walk away from it for three four five minutes come back the positive goes on first the negative goes on last turn the key to the on position count to 10 just to the on position count to 10 start it up and go drive it and see what happens but this isn't a big deal if you didn't if if you did what you said you did you should not have created an airbag problem but I just think it's gonna it, it's programmed to look at i'm gonna look at this and I saw a no airbag signal and and I'm gonna keep looking nine more times and at the ninth time, if I see that the airbag signals on, then I'm gonna turn the light off
2: and also should he is it kind of like the on the check engine side? Is it so if he if it comes back on, should he just drive it and it will run the self test and at some point it will recognize that it is working there so and it will shut it off
1: that's a possibility okay it's certainly a cheap and inexpensive possibility, uh-huh. especially if he lives twenty miles from work every day, yeah, he can continue yeah. to drive it because the airbag light just means the airbags are down that's all it doesn't and it's yellow that means caution it doesn't mean stop, it just means you 're right. not going to have any airbags when you if you have a crash, so there are times. Andy talks she she's exactly right there are times it will work by you just and we're looking for key cycles 10 key cycles maybe four temperature changes so we go from cold to hot five times and we do it over 10 times of key cycles and all of a sudden everything's okay we have scanners that cost us between 25 and 50 thousand dollars we plug in and we 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 put all these secret codes in there and we tell it hey reboot yourself and stop being stupid
2: the other thing, too, is if you have a shop that you go to that, um, you know, you frequent often and you just tell them what repair you did and how you did it, they would probably, uh, you know, clear it for you if if you couldn't get
1: it off. Let me change your your answer. Under certain conditions, we have customers that have patronized us for many years. Mm-hmm. And if this was them and they came in, there's if we, we just cleared it and, and cleared the code and cleared the, the memory and, and fixed it, we probably wouldn't charge them for the 15 minutes worth of work.
2: Yeah, and I think it would be help, you should have them note the, the code just in case it comes back so you know if it's a reoccurring thing. But, um, yeah, I think that's also an, a, a thing you can do.
1: One other thing is you talked about the uh, defrost only. 99 times out of 100, that's a vacuum leak underneath the hood that causes that. 99 times out of 100, yeah. Because what happens is is underneath the hood, we have a vacuum leak, and we use vacuum to open and close that blend door. And as a result of that, then the blend door doesn't move, and then the computer knows it doesn't move because there's a position sensor with it. And so the computer, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you end up with a problem with the air conditioning where it's stuck on defrost. And more, more times than not, it's a vacuum. The vacuum hose is fallen off. The connector is broken. The rubber T is broken, whatever. But there's a lot of us old guys, the very first thing we're going to do is, is, is lift the hood to get our stethoscope out and listen for this kind of a noise. When the motor's running, we're yeah. just going to wave our stethoscope around. We go, oh, look at the, over here, the EGR line and the port that feeds it from manifold are, are broken. Okay, we'll fix that, and it'll fix the defrost. So, okay.
7: Okay. Hey, appreciate it.
1: Okay. Thank you. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. We're going to be here for another two ou- or another hour afterwards. What are you pointing at?
2: I think we've got another call.
1: Oh, you? Oh, we have another caller. Who might that be? Andy's correct. Say hello to Larry. Larry. Good morning.
7: Hey. Good morning, Mark. Calling from Lavernia, Texas, south of San Antonio.
1: Oh, don't tell my wife that, because between we Kerrville love, uh, and... love us some Texas. <laughs> yes, sir. The girls are from Arizona go between Kerrville, Texas, and Austin and Fredericksburg, and oh, they yeah, buy Kerrville, all that junk sure. you Texas guys sell, and they bring it sure, back to Arizona Kerrville. and sell it and make money.
7: Sure. That's great. Hey, I just... uh I have got a 2005 Sequoia 4x4 V8 engine that I bought new in 2005. It's got a 100- hundred... In ninety thousand miles i've done maintenance over the years it runs great but i have never changed the spark plugs wow and i'm just asking you what am i risking here if anything
1: you know if you do it okay okay um i i would want it cold for sure um i Mm -hmm. would want the appropriate uh ratchet and the appropriate extension and the appropriate socket and i would want a socket with a rubber insert to protect try not to break the in insulation, the, the, uh, the business end of the spark plug. I would do it cold, and I would go a little tight, a little loose, a little tight, a little loose, and i just work it back and forth. Now, are the spark plugs at a horizontal angle or a vertical angle on your Sequoia?
7: They are uh, horizontal.
1: Okay. So I'd spray a little bit. If, once I start bringing it out, then I'd spray some WD-40 back there on the threads, and then I'd take it back in, and then I'd take it back out. And I just work them. Whatever you do, if you get one stuck, mm-hmm. go get some help because all of us have done that. Now, here's the deal. The last thread sticks through the head, and we get a carbon ring around the end of the spark plug. And people will muscle out the spark plug, which will bring the threads with it. And now you've yeah. got a big deal in, in front of you. Yeah. What we do, like other places do, is we, we end up injecting some oil into that cylinder and we'll let it sit for a day mm-hmm. or two and soften up that ring of carbon that's on the very end of the spark plug.
2: Good point. Yeah, that's okay. we, do do, that, we do that often. And, I mean, for situations like yeah, this. Yeah,
1: but, but we need to just also, we have to be honest, okay? Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing yeah. 190 with no know. spark plugs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know,
7: You know, I've done well, everything. That's a I've, done the, the, I've done the belt and everything. I've done everything, you know? Uh, I've changed all the fluids. I just for some reason didn't want to t- touch those plugs.
1: Okay. I don't think – I am I think that there's about a 25% chance you're going to be in deep poo and there's a 75% chance that you'll have no problems at all. I don't care about what brand you buy. You can buy any brand you want. Just buy a name brand. There's only four places yep. in the world that make spark plugs, so your spark yep. plug's going to have 10 different labels in it and 10 different boxes. Who gives it, who gives it anything? And and at the end of the day, just make sure they're gapped appropriately. I would use a little dial. I'd get a tube of dielectric grease. And when you put the spark plug back in, then you take the boot and you put about half as much of a line of dielectric in the boot as you do your toothbrush. So basically three-eighths of an inch. Yep. You stick it in there. Okay. Then put your boot on and twist it back and forth. Get that, smooth that out. Now you've waterproofed that seal. And you've guaranteed that, and you haven't pulled the the, the wires off this yet. Those no. spark yeah. plug boots could be baked to those spark plugs, yeah. Yeah. and and you're going to have to dig every one of those out.
2: Yeah. Just do it yep. on a day okay. that you have some time, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and you have some
7: patience. Yes. <laughs> and, right. and,
1: and 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 don't say anything. You're going to save yourself money in front of your wife because those words can bite oh, back. Oh, Yeah.
2: After the fact, after, after it's running and you've taken the maiden voyage, then well, you can yeah. talk. Yeah.
7: Let me ask you another question. About, oh, about a year ago, you know, I'm really hesitating here. About a year ago, I, uh, a mechanical shop, which I don't really know, they suggested, oh, they suggested changing them and they were going to charge me like, without the boot, $250. And I wonder if that's within the
4: realm.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I'll tell you what: if you told, did you tell him it was one ninety on the on the clock? Uh, yeah. Okay, I would have bid it higher than that. Yeah,
2: that know. sounds yeah, really okay. low, actually. Yeah, okay. I, I,
1: Frank. And I want to tell you something: w- w- there's nobody that has a better handle on the dollars, labor rates, and stuff like that of shops than than I do, because I am constantly doing that all over Phoenix and Arizona, Texas. I, yeah. I admit I'm not good at that in Texas. But but in reality, it's really important. You have you got to bid over. This is, Andy knows this because I preach this to her and her brother. You always bid it high and you come in low and you're a hero. So uh, that might have been. You know what? It's it could be four hundred. You know what I mean? It could be yep. four hundred. Yep. I'm just going to tell you four hundred. I won't be a penny over. But but it could be now. It could be that I had to pull the head off and I'm going to stop then and tell you and the four hundreds off the right. table. Ben, right. you come okay. in and we go. You know what? We got everything done for two hundred and fifty. You are going to love us for the rest of your life. Yep. Okay. And so that sounds so, great. Yeah. I, all right. I, I great don't,
7: show. I listen to you all the time. I used to live in Arizona. That's how I found you. So. Okay. Oh, neat.
1: We have friends that own a motorcycle shop in Kerrville, and uh, yeah. and my wife and and his wife are really good friends, and and they have a motorhome and we have a motorhome and they're talking about going. To Together and stuff like that, and I'll tell you a real quick story, okay? So Bob calls sure. me, and he's one of these guys that knows everything in the world about everything <laughs> in the world about everything in the world, like Mark, like me, <laughs> like Mark. So, so
2: two two of those people. Oh.
1: <laughs> so he calls me and he says, "My inner dual on my uh, RV is flat, and I've got quite a ways to go before I can get to the next service center." He says, "What should I do?" And I said, uh, "How do you know it's flat?" And He goes, "Well, my tire pressure monitoring system says the tire's flat." And I said, "Okay, well, what's the temperature of the tire?" "What do you mean, what's the temperature of the tire?" If you have a TPMS, almost all of them have temperature. Is there a temperature button there? And I can hear his wife yelling in the background, there's a temperature button there. So she pushes the temperature button, and the temperature button's 170. And I said, okay, so have you been traveling with one flat inner dual on this big coach of yours? Yes, I have. Okay, well, you're only at 170. The glue comes apart at 200. So try to stay away from 200 to 220 because you're going to ruin the tire. Just go slow. Watch the temperature. So he calls me back and he goes, we're here. And he says, and actually, I was going really slow. I had my flashers on. He says, and the temperature dropped from like 170 to 160. And then it ended up 150, even though it was flat. And I said, well, what about the outer one that was carrying the work of two? And he goes, well, I was watching that too. And he goes, and it stayed at about 170. And I said, good, we're done. And so then his wife called back later, and she said, "He won't admit it. He'll tell everybody he found that out himself, and he won't give you the credit." So I said, "It's okay with me. I don't care." But anyway, that's the life in the in the name of Mark. But but Bob Bob and Sarah in Texas are good friends of ours. We have lots of friends in Texas. My wife has got many junk dealers that know her by name.
8: Yes, They're they actually have a get- copy
1: of her credit card on file. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for Larry. Thank you for your kind words. All righty, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. No matter where you're at, you can call us and you can get in. We have five lines available. Andy and I are going to be here, or I'm going to be here for another hour. And Andy's going to go with my wife and go shopping and spend a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) And and I don't know what else to do. Thanks for spending your Saturday with me. All righty, 602-508-0960.